Hey, this is Brian Johnson with Mid-City Vineyard Church in our weekly teaching podcast. If you want to learn a little bit more about Mid-City Vineyard Church, you can check us out online, midcityvineyard.org, Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church, and on Instagram, at Mid-City Vineyard. We're located at 3222 Canal Street. We worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and we would love to have you anytime uh, you are looking for a place to worship. During uh, the season of Lent, we are in a series entitled Sanctuary, and over the course of these next few weeks, we're talking about how one seeks sanctuary and what kinds of experiences and things one might need to embrace while in that place of sanctuary. And so we're encouraging everyone during this season of Lent, leading up to Easter, to take a little bit of time each day, maybe find a little bit of retreat, a little bit of rest, a little bit of quiet from the noise and to reflect on some of the things that you're really going through in your life. And so, we're going to head right on over uh, to our teaching from this week. Thanks for being with us. Much peace to you. But today we're, we're, bless you, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about and looking into the idea that during this time of Lent, What does it look like to actually follow Jesus' lead and embrace selflessness, so to speak? You know, there's a a passage in John chapter 8, verse 12, where Jesus says, he's he's talking to, to a group of people, and he says to this group of people, he says, I am the light of the world, and anyone who is who is, who is in me, will find that they, there is no darkness. It's, it's fascinating because Jesus in this place says, when you follow and you live the, the ways that I show you, you won't experience um, this, this <coughs> oppressive darkness. You will live in the light. Uh, your life will be free from bondage. It'll be in the light. It, you'll, be, you'll be free from... from um, oppression, so to speak, you'll live in freedom. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean for sure that you won't go through hard times. That's not what we're talking about. But that there is an actual interior freedom that a person can experience. And if you've ever experienced an interior freedom in the midst of exterior oppression, then you know what I'm talking about. And if you've never experienced that before, then it sounds incredibly foreign. And part of that, I would say, much like last week, is no one can teach you this, and no one can experience it for you. This is something that, that the individual, you know, in, in the context of relationship with others must press into with themselves, with others, and with Christ. It's fascinating, though, because in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says to the same people, he says, and you are the light of the world. Now think about this. Jesus says about himself, I am the light of the world. And then he turns around and says, you are the light of the world. So what is, what is, Jesus, what is Jesus doing here? I mean, he's, he's elevating our human state to this, this space and place of being like, listen, you are one, so to speak, with God. What I am by nature, I'm giving this to you. You're, you. You can experience and live and be 
the same thing. So here's the thing with Lent. Part of Lent, depending on how you grew up, you know, you, I, again, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but you've understood Lent in various different ways. Many people understand Lent as uh, uh, giving up something and then not eating meat on Fridays. Okay, but there is more to Lent than that. Uh, uh, traditionally, there's this, there's this understanding that through the time of Lent, Christians, followers of Jesus, would in some way, shape, or form stand in solidarity with Jesus as Jesus is moving towards the day of his execution. And so during that time, Jesus is, is heading towards Jerusalem. He's heading towards his imminent death, this, this execution, this very painful thing that Jesus is going, going to go through, which is, by the way, without a doubt, one of the most, if not the most, selfless act in the history of humanity, which we'll unpack a little bit more there in a moment. Because what Jesus does on the cross, and if, depending on how you've grown up and how you've understood the cross and how you've understood the death of Jesus, maybe, maybe this right here could really help. But what Jesus is doing is Jesus is taking on all of humanity's pain. Listen, I know we've always heard it traditionally in the church that Jesus took all of our sin, which Jesus did, but it's bigger than this. Jesus took on our pain. Jesus took on uh, our lack of freedom. Jesus took on our inadequacy. Jesus took on our insecurity. Jesus took on our anger. Jesus took on our baggage. Jesus took on all of the stuff that kind of keeps us down and, and excluded and oppressed. He took all that stuff on to himself and he nailed it to the cross when he allowed himself to be placed on the cross. And by doing that, what Jesus is ultimately doing is he is allowing himself, and this is what we celebrate at the communion table, Jesus is allowing himself to be broken. So when we take the bread and, and it's broken, he's allowing his, himself to be broken and his blood, the juice, to be poured out for the sake of all humanity, all of creation so that we don't have to live under the weight of our baggage, our baggage, our insecurities, our inadequacy, our anger. I mean, whatever stuff is the stuff that just beats the mess out of you, that's the stuff, and it's different for all of us. <laughs> we, but, but the one thing we need to be clear of is that we all have stuff, but it's different stuff. But that's the stuff that Jesus takes on himself so that he might then conquer it through his death and subsequent resurrection so that we can be free of it. No one likes to be controlled by their insecurities, but many of us are. No one likes to be controlled by their inadequacies, but many of us are. No one likes to be controlled by their addictions, but many of us are. But there is an interior freedom that Jesus desires to bring about. And he did that by being broken and poured out for us. Now, here's the other cool thing. Think about this as we move towards the death of Jesus. But um, imagine with me for a moment that you, you do something to someone else, uh, a heinous crime perhaps, maybe the most heinous crime, whatever that could be. Perhaps you, you, you take out one of their loved ones or maybe even you take them out. And then that person... And by takeout, I don't mean on a date. <laughs> and then that person somehow finds their way back to you 
and opens their arms to embrace you and say, hey, I, I understand. It's okay. <laughs> it was mind-blowing, really. I saw a picture that an artist uh, painted this week where it, there's a man holding uh, an air, uh, uh, a bow, a bow, and there's another man that he's hugging. They're embracing one another, and the other man has three arrows in his back. So one man has shot three arrows in the back of another. The man turns around, walks towards his oppressor, and embraces him. This is the picture of Jesus. This is the picture of Jesus. You, you, humanity nails Jesus to the cross. Jesus comes back from the dead and says, okay, did you get it out of your system? Are we good now? Now that you've exercised your anger and your wrath and, you, you know, you've basically what we did is we, we scapegoated Jesus. Have you personally ever been scape, the scapegoat for someone else? <laughs> it's the, or have you ever scapegoated someone else? And by that, you know, here's, here's a classic example of a scapegoat. I have, <laughs> I have uh, a difficult day. I, 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 I'm emotionally spent. I'm physically taxed. I come home uh, from that particular day. One of my kids is going to love this example. I come home from a, 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 a very difficult day, and there are dirty dishes in the sink. And it's, and it's somebody's chore, and it should have been done. Follow me. Because this is on me, this is not on you. And I lose my stuff on that particular child, right? Now think, track with me here, though. Well, what if, and when I lose it, and I go on and on and on, what if I've, I've, I've scapegoated him? Because what I'm doing is I'm taking out my frustration, I'm taking out my anger, I'm taking out my difficulty, I'm taking out my issues on someone else because I can place it on him and feel better and now I feel relieved. And that's what we do. We, we do that. And so we scapegoated Jesus. We took our stuff, we placed it on him. Here's the thing about Jesus and this is where we go with the selflessness. Jesus allows it. Jesus accepts it. Jesus receives it. Jesus takes it on himself. He takes it to the cross. He comes back from the dead, and he walks back in, and he says, hey, are we good now? Did you get it out of your system? Because here's the thing. I've conquered it for you, and now you don't have to live under it anymore. You don't have to live under the inadequacy. You don't have to live under the insecurity anymore. I, we, can just, we can just be now in relationship. We can be in unison with one another. In the Gospels, Jesus shows us the most amazing way to live. Because when we understand the gist of what's going on, we begin to see that Jesus lived the most free life that a person can actually live. No one person, no one thing has power over Jesus. Jesus exercises power over it all. Nothing controls him, so to speak. And what he does is he selflessly releases himself to the divine, to God as Father. And in the garden before his crucifixion, do you remember the prayer that Jesus prayed? He said, listen, basically, I'm going to paraphrase it. God, Father, I really don't want to do this. Like this whole cross thing, this whole execution thing, I don't want to do it. And why wouldn't Jesus want to do it? Because Jesus was a human 
man just like I am. And if I knew what was coming, and he had seen Roman executions before, if I know that is what is coming, then I don't want to do that either. But then Jesus prays part of the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. He says, but not my will, but yours be done. And he's saying to God right now, listen, there's this, there are things I want in life, and there are things I don't want in life. But right now, I want to selflessly give myself over to you, divine one. And I want to I take on whatever it may be. Not my will, but allow your will to be done. Because in this particular way, Jesus understands that there is something greater at work. And what Jesus is ultimately doing, and, and what God is ultimately doing, is preparing a way for an adequacy inadequacies and insecurities and anger and wrath and sin and jealousy and all of these things to be dealt with. To be put under the control of the divine, so to speak. And then Jesus comes back and he says, listen, I want to give you this kind of freedom. I want you to experience this kind of freedom. There's something deeply freeing about laying down our wills and laying down our own desires for the sake of another person. Now, I never realized how selfish of a person I was. Actually, I wasn't a selfish person. And then I got married, and then I realized I'm kind of a selfish person. <laughs> and then we had kids, and I realized even more. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're locked in for years and years and years. <laughs> and so it's like you get constant practice. Of, of, of trying to not be so selfish. But anyone who has experienced maybe a, a, an intimate relationship with a partner, anyone who has experienced perhaps uh, the, the, the opportunity to, to raise a child, you also understand that when you give selflessly in those relationships, there is an there is intrinsic beauty experience within your own heart and within your own life. And we don't do it so that we can experience, you know, well, if I do this, it'll make me feel good. Hopefully that's never our motivation. But our motivation is this person is, is, is someone I want to give more of myself to. I want to lay down some of my own thoughts and wills and desires perhaps for this person that they might experience more beauty in their own life that they might come into more of a fullness of who they are as a person. And then that in turn, somehow it just creates, what is it? it creates a freedom. It creates a freedom within us. The whole Christian experience, the whole experience of following after Jesus is to be lived with the other person in mind for the sake of the other person. Um, a friend of mine who is an Episcopal priest says it like this. He says, that the, the existence of a Christian, that the idea is that we would be cooperative friends of Jesus who live in creative goodness for the sake of other people through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, this whole thing, we cooperate with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and we live our lives for the sake of other people, which is ultimately the vision and mission of Jesus. I mean, Jesus was... Jesus was God in the flesh showing us this is what it could be like. This is what a human life could be like. It could be free. It could be experienced in a, in a selfless way that, that lays itself down for the sake of other people that they might experience the same freedom that hopefully we 
are experiencing. And so what does Jesus do? He allows himself to be broken and poured out for the sake of other people. And then Jesus invites us to do the same thing. He says, now, when you follow me, and he even says this about the communion table, he says, when you share this meal, do this in remembrance of me. But you've heard me say this before. He's not just saying, when you, when you come to the communion table, take the bread and, and, and dip it in the juice and remember what I did 2,000 years ago. That's not what he's saying. This is more of an active remembrance. Take the bread, place it in the juice, take it in. Understand that you're taking in the life of the divine. Remember me in this sense. And now when you walk out of these doors, allow yourself to be the light. Allow yourself to be little Christ, Christians, everywhere that you go so that people might experience this generosity and this beauty. What do you think about that quote? The only thing that Jesus excluded was exclusion itself. <laughs> yes. And that's how Christians should be. People who are walking around excluding exclusion and letting people know that the life of the divine is here and there's freedom. There's interior freedom available from anger and from wrath and from insecurity and inadequacy and all of these things. We follow his lead. We become the light of the world. We live lives that are broken and poured out for the sake of other people. Here's the thing. It has to be embraced. This type of movement has to be embraced, which is why it's part of this particular series, because week one, we talked about embracing difficulty. Last week, we talked about um, embracing the weight or uncertainty. These are The reason we have to embrace these things is because normally we run from these things. We run from difficulty. We run from uncertainty. We run from selflessness. But if we begin to move and embrace these things, the embrace is where the experience comes. And listen, again, following Jesus, Christianity is not a head game. It's not like who has the best theology and who knows the most. Jesus always wanted us to experience God, to experience life, to experience humanity, to experience relationships. I mean, I can know about Melody here all day long. I can know everything about Melody, but until I actually sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee or a beer with Melody, I don't really know Melody. It's an experience. All of our relationships are experiential. And the life with Christ is experiential, which is where the movement comes. So what does it look like to embrace, to move in this direction? couple couple of things, and, and this is maybe where your practices could come in this week. Hopefully by now you have a Lent calendar that we've been practicing together. Uh, if you don't have a Lent calendar, I'll, uh, I have a few extra that I can give you because this week's practices go along with embracing selflessness. But how? what's the practical side of embracing this selflessness and embracing this idea of living out and being the light? Well, first off, it's following the leader. Selflessness is not Anytime, anybody, anywhere, ask me to do anything, then to be selfless means that I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. 
See, because now you're, 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 just, you're just a puppet. You're just kind of at the whims of, of all people around you, where sometimes the truth is being selfless in a particular situation is sitting at the dinner table with my family at this moment because these are the folks that I, I sense this is where I need to be, and going to do that because that person needs help right now is not necessarily the most selfless thing. Does that make sense? You know, so this is, but how do we figure these things out? We follow Jesus' lead. We, we live as people who are filled with the Spirit, and we begin to trust the Spirit of God in us. We also become people who are intentionally aware. Are you aware? Are, are we awake to the presence of God all around us all the time? Are we awake to the presence of God in us and with us and through us and around us? Sid and I were talking this morning, and he used a word, the uh, God consciousness. That's, that's the word. Do we have this divine consciousness about us? That God is everywhere, all the time, always moving, always speaking, always enveloping our lives. And so we are able to move and ebb and flow in this space and place and this selflessness of giving ourselves to the things of God for the sake of other people. That would be the invitation. And this week, our Lent calendar is filled with things like that. It's, it's, it's about really helping us to become aware, looking with God-conscious eyes, divine conscious eyes all around us as we continue to press into the things of the divine. So today, what I'd like for us to do is take a moment to, to think on this, to reflect on this. I, there's, a, there's a prayer that you should have received when you came in about the light of the world, what it is that Jesus is the light of the world, that we might be the light of the world, that we might live in the light of Christ. And so I'm going to invite us to, to, to pray this prayer together as a responsive prayer. And then I'm going to invite our drummers back, and we're going to, we're going to conclude with, with a... Um, with a, a song of reflection. But as we move into this, let me, let me unpack the whole thing. For our prayer together, I'm going to read the non-bold lines, and then as a congregation, uh, as a church, we will all together read those lines that are bold. And when we conclude this prayer, I'm going to move into this song. And during the song, I invite you, you can either sing the words or simply reflect on the words, but I invite you to make the song the secondary part of our prayer as we continue to ask God to, to shape us, to form us. Because the more we move in this direction, and I, I don't think we can get this part across enough, but the more we move in the direction of following Jesus, the more freedom we do find. Freedom in our life to be exactly who the divine has created us to be, to live full lives as the divine has created us to live. So I will, maybe Bongo, if you want to swing back around. So we will pray this prayer together, make this our prayer, and then we'll move into a song. So Lord, we, we welcome your presence. We thank you. Holy Spirit, even now, may this not just be words, but may we experience you. 
in the deepest parts of our soul, our spirit, our heart. So our prayer. Jesus, you came into the world to restore us to our original, rightful place as children of God. We do not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. After your resurrection, you ascended into heaven, leaving us instruction to go and make disciples. To share the good news with all of creation. To show compassion for the poor and the needy. To be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We celebrate your resurrection, your ascension, and your place at the right hand of God. We await your return and rely upon the Holy Spirit, our helper. We are your church, your body on earth, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. 